Hello everyone and welcome to episode 102 of Connectivity. Uh, this week we have three segments for you and one bonus segment. Uh, kicking things off, myself, Alex, and Neil talk about Rayman Legends. And after that, Neil and I talk about all the stuff to hit eShop this week, as well as a little discussion about Wind Waker HD. And then Don has an interview with Cubic Games. And after the outro is the bonus segment with JP and Neil all about the upcoming NFL season. Enjoy. Hello, everyone, and welcome to this segment of Connectivity. I'm Scott Thompson. Uh, today, I'm with Alex Kowafi. Hey, guys. And Neil Ronahan. Hi, everybody. <laughs> Haven't heard that voice in a while. And um, right, this is the way I talk. <laughs> what voice? <laughs> and uh, we're going to be talking about Rayman Legends. Uh, the uh, Ubisoft platformer just came out this week. It was supposed um, to come out six months ago. But... Right, it was supposed to come out no. in February. <laughs> um, it just came out this week in the U.S. Uh, I think it came out like the end of last week in Europe. Yeah. Uh, and it doesn't come out in Japan, I think, for another couple weeks. First. It's a Wii U exclusive in Japan, fun yeah. fact. Published by Nintendo. Yep. Yeah. Pretty wild. Tell that um, to all your friends. So we've all played the game to completion. Yes. I reviewed it for NWR. Neil, you're reviewing it for Nintendo Force. Yep. And Alex, did you review it, or did you just get a copy of it early? I reviewed it for a website called Zonosgaming.com. There you go. Um, so we've all played it, we've all reviewed it, and we're going to talk about it, because oddly enough, and this doesn't happen very often when we kind of talk about these games we've all been playing, like we kind of all have different feelings about it. Yeah, I guess, um, uh, I mean, at least from a score perspective, and I think uh, we pretty much all value scores in a similar, not exactly the same, but similar enough that this does mean something. Uh, we were... Oddly enough, uh, all one point away from each other. Uh, Scott, you gave it a 9.5. Alex, you yep. gave it an 8.5. And right now, although this could change as my review isn't isn't finished and posted yet, but I'm giving it a 7.5. Wow. Okay. See, I thought I thought you were in the middle. I thought Alex was the low one. That's kind huh. of what, like, because uh, I didn't look at Alex's review until I finished mine. And then was like, oh, wow, he, he wound up higher than I thought. Yeah, I liked it a lot. I thought it was a great game. I didn't think it was an amazing game, and I'm generally the type of person who, when people say games are amazing and I think games are pretty good, I start to come off a little negative. Yeah. <laughs> That's fine. Oh, really? I had no idea. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you, negativity, never heard of it. Um, so, before I guess we talk about just our, our strict opinion on the game and scores and start yelling at each other... Um, Let's just talk a little bit about Rayman Legends and how it differs from Origins. It's way better. Uh, it is way better. <laughs> like, I'm, I'm the dude better. who scored it the lowest, and I can already tell you that Rayman Legends is leaps and bounds better than Origins. Yeah, mm-hmm. and what's funny is I really enjoyed Origins when it came out, um, but there's just the, like, I really enjoy the level design of Legends. And going back to the unlockable levels of Origins, yeah, like they, you can just tell that it's so much better. See, it was the kind of thing with Origins where I, I got it on Wii when it first came out, and even uh, uh, Zach Miller, when he went to E3 that year, he had his Vita with Rayman Origins on it, and I played some of that, and like every time I played it, I tried playing it on Wii again, mm-hmm. it never clicked for me. Like yeah. I was like, I, I feel like I should like this a lot, but it was something about the way that the jumping felt, and also just the way the levels were laid out, because it was a lot of like go on our exact path through this level and collect all this bullshit. Not so much yeah. like kind of make your own way a little bit. That's what bothered me a lot about Origins, and Legends, for the most part, corrects that. Yeah, one of the big things that I think Legends did a lot better than Origins, and I guess I'm taking this a little from the Giant Bomb stream today, is that they mentioned that levels in Origins uh, 
if it was a level in the same world as another level, they looked exactly the same. Yeah, when, yeah, yeah. In Rayman yeah. Legends, almost every level looks different, or at least different enough Very from true. one another. Right. Regardless of being in the same hub world. Yeah, you're right. I mean, like, you're in the, the forest world to start off with in Origins, and it's like every single level, it just looks the same. I mean, the same forest backdrop, the same, like, waterfalls and, and, and everything. Like, it's all very similar, and it's broken up weird, too. I mean, Legends, uh, for the most part, the levels feel like one continuous, uh, like, landscape, whereas in Origins, you kind of, each level's, like, broken up into a bunch of, like, smaller little segments, and it's like you you get to a door eventually, and then you move on to the next segment, yep. and then you can't get back to the Legends previous segment. Legends does that. Okay, Legends you can bit. go between the two, but there there is it is still like segmented where sometimes you'll just come up on a door and go go through it. Sometimes, but but not not as much as. Origins. And even the simple thing with Legends is that the the way that they have the kind of worlds laid out in the the painting system is so much better than Origins. But Origins, because they kind of had that they had a mix of like a traditional like you know like a Mario world map. And then they also had, you know, where you'd be running around as Rayman to get to the different worlds. Like, it just was all... It, I didn't like the way that Origins had their menu and, and levels yeah. set up, whereas in, in Legends it's a lot cleaner, it's easier to understand. You know what it reminds me of, in, in, in more ways than one, but specific, specifically here, um, it reminds me of the jump from Super Mario Galaxy to Super Mario Galaxy 2, uh, where Galaxy, you know, had this hub world, and not that the hub world was, was bad or not, you yeah. know, I don't want to debate that, but had the, had this hub world, had a lot of exploration, and then in Galaxy 2, they are like, let's just get you to the good stuff, and it's like, here's just a little menu, you pick where you want to go, and, you know, yeah. you're there instantly, you're not, like, wasting time trying to remember which world was where, and, yeah. and everything like that. And well, that, that, well, that always like annoyed legends. me uh, in Galaxy, as far as, like, knowing where to go next, I did really like that hub world, and did miss it in Galaxy 2 to an extent, because I thought that they still had a hub world in Galaxy 2, it just sucked. <laughs> it was very tiny. It was yeah. yeah, it was nothing. Um but in Legends it feels so much better. Yep. Um and you can just jump you know, from all the different like content uh quickly and get around and I, I just appreciate that. Yep. I think the uh the funny thing about the world map is like how Origins was Super Mario three. This one is a lot more like Super Mario sixty four. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Well with the paintings, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I guess, I guess let, let's, well, I guess we might as well just get into the, the nitty gritty of it. Well, did anyone play Kung Fu? Oh, a little bit. Yeah, once. Yeah. <laughs> and it didn't really It seems like me. it could be fun if I got, you know, five people together, but not for longer than ten minutes. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not going to get uh, five people together to play Kung Fu. Yeah. Um, <laughs> for people who don't know, it's basically a, a like a, a single screen multiplayer game where you basically just beat the shit out of each other and try to hit a soccer ball into different goals. Yep. Yep. Uh, that's it. It's uh, and I think where it was even born out of was just like the developers were scoring around and was just like, hey, this is kind of fun. Let's put it in. Yeah, I mean it's not bad, you know. It's yeah. just sort of an extra little thing in the game. But I don't, I don't plan on spending any real time with it. Yeah, it's yep. negligible. Yeah, and I might get back into the challenges. Yeah, um, the challenges are still pretty great. Yeah, I I love the challenges app. Like Patrick and I got hardcore into that for about a month. Um but then just kind of fell out of it. But yeah. I, I do enjoy them on this, and I, I might get back into it. Um, we'll see. But those are great. Yeah, I mean, I guess if you haven't played the Challenges app, there are daily and weekly challenges. Um, some levels you just try to survive as long as you can. Some you're trying to get to the end uh, in the fastest amount of time and, and different things like that. Yeah. Um, and it's pretty cool. I mean, you know, it keeps track of, you can see how you rank against your friends, how you rank against worldwide. Uh, there's, like, ghost data, which is awesome. You can see ghosts of, like, uh, people who are kind of near your time, see what they're doing to try to get better and beat their times or scores. So, so the uh, cool. 
I guess where I differ from you guys a bit is while you guys played at least some of the app when it came out earlier this year, my first time playing the challenges was when I got the full copy of Rayman Legends. And I didn't oh, okay. really try digging into them until I saw the rest of the game and I saw all of their level design and stuff. Mm-hmm. And the challenges just didn't strike me as anything that interesting once I saw stuff like the musical version of Eye of the Tiger. Yeah, well, I think the musical the musical levels, uh, which there are, because there are only five worlds, and there's one in each world, um, and then there's subsequent musical levels. Um, but the musical <laughs> levels are far and away the best thing about the game, as yep. far as I'm concerned. No those, question. Those are, those are fucking magical. You think so? See, I, I really enjoy them, but they're not the best part to me. Well, what is the best um, part to you? I guess the regular levels. <laughs> okay. Like, 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 I enjoy the enjoy the musical levels, and they're great. It's sort of like novelty, and they're they're really fun to run through the first time. But unless I'm showing uh, like a friend who comes over, um, one of them, like I don't anticipate really going through them again. For me, it's like playing a song in rock band. Where yeah, you're not it you don't do it is. all the time, but every now and then you're like, hey, I want to play through the uh, the black. That's Betty true. Stage again. That's, That's actually true. kind of what I did with a challenge app. Is that as I would be playing the challenge up, sometimes I'd be like, oh, I want to play that Black Betty stage again. Yeah. I yeah. guess to me, they're just, they're just, they're very heavily scripted, which is fine. Um, but you know, there's just not much variety. I mean, you're, you're basically just running yeah. and you're jumping in time and that, that's okay. It's fun. I mean, it's great when you're nailing it and everything's coming together. Although it sucks if you keep dying and like the music yeah. keeps halting. You kind of lose that groove. It's like being in rock band or, you yeah. know, guitar hero and, and losing. <laughs> um, it really like kind of, stunts the growth of it and then you know you hear the same segment over and over and it kind of gets a little grating especially in the uh the secret ones well the secret ones are probably where i disagree the most because the fact that in those which i guess they're they're remixes of the ones you played before i actually really love the secret ones though i really do. do too i think those are specifically the best part of the game not because of the way they're remixed but because of the fact that they're much harder and the things they do to the stages to make yeah. them much different, especially yeah. the final, final stage. The final one is crazy. <laughs> yep, we're splits into like 64 screens. Yeah. It's so good. Yeah. Neil, have you gotten all the way to the last yeah. one? No, no, I did I did play through those, and those those are amazing. Yeah, and there's one new really song great. in those, too. Yeah, um, it's so like it's, it's from the really the old demo they had like last year. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that last one is insane. I do, I do appreciate those, and those are very challenging, and I do, um, I do like those. But I think even just the general level design is really great. Um, I appreciate that, like, level to level, you're doing different things, and I like that, again, it, to me, it takes sort of a, um, like a nod from Super Mario Galaxy, uh, 2, even the first one, really, the, the whole series, but it's not something like a 2D Mario where you kind of start out, I don't know, like, the, the power-ups, sort of give you, like, an upper hand in levels, and, and every level is kind of built in this, like, general way, where is in Legends and in Galaxy, it's like each level is sort of its own little, like, puzzle, and each level equips you with what you need to get through it. Um, and then it's kind of its own self-contained idea, and then you move on to something different. Um, I don't know, there's just something about the the, the levels in, in, in Legends that I just I mean, really it's, it's the kind of thing where I don't even really disagree with you that much. I guess just, like, our conclusions are a little different. For me, I mean, the, like, the levels were good. I mean, like like I said before, it's so much fucking better than Origins. Um, and this is, a, this is a solid game, but for me, it just... I mean, it's the kind of thing where it's it's been, like, you know, two days or so since I finished the main story, and... It was just kind of like I got to the end of it. And I'm like, oh wow, it's it's over. And it's not like I didn't enjoy myself, but it just 
it didn't feel substantial. It wasn't that memorable to me. Yeah, uh, in my opinion, I I told you this on Twitter a few days ago, but to me, with the collectathon and the floatyish physics that are a little precise at the same time, the game sort of came across to me as a slightly low rent Donkey Kong Country Returns, and slightly low rent because the level design is still very very good, and the Murphy levels are also really excellent and unique. But it's See, my it's something to Murphy hold me over. What, what, and at first, because I I didn't start playing this game until like the uh, the initial embargo went up. I think all three of us did because yep. um, we didn't we didn't get hard copies until that official embargo went up. Um, mm-hmm. But I, I saw I heard a lot of the negativity, people complaining about the Murphy levels on Wii U and how in single player, you know, they they forced you to basically play as Murphy like once every three levels. Um, and at first, I was like, oh, it's not that bad. And then as I got farther into the game, I found myself skipping the Murphy levels and then like getting to the end of the world and being like, shit, I need to go back and play one of them so I can unlock like the last stage. Um, I just, I didn't enjoy them by the end of the game. Um, it was the kind of thing like I wish it was more like, okay, yeah, in co-op, you have some, you know, you, you have more of a focus on that, but don't make it so you have to do the touchscreen bullshit for like, you know, every other level. Yeah, I mean, I I agree that they turned into a little bit of a bummer by the end of it. I'm not going to try to argue with that at all. Yeah. But uh, I think an even worse level type are actually the bosses that are in the game because I, they look really, really great, and I so respect awesome. the fact that they are trying to make them challenging. But what you can't do is, if you want to make a challenging boss, you can't put forced checkpoints every three minutes. See, I know you had a big issue with that. I think what was that with Runner Two as well? How they yep, checkpoints forced the checkpoints. It's not yeah. even optional. It's forced. See, I don't really mind that as much, especially in the last bullshit boss. I, I, <laughs> yeah. I enjoyed, I enjoyed the the first four bosses. I mean, not like immensely, but I thought they were pretty cool, good spectacle. Um, you know, like interesting, like because it would be the kind of stuff where it's like, all right, you got to hit the boss, and here's a little platforming challenge that you need to do. And I, I thought that was really cool. Um, but the last boss, um, I don't really want to get too much into it for spoilers, but it's just the way that the boss is set up is like, it just like hit it a million times in a specific manner and it's not that interesting. And then that was, that was also part of the, part of the reason when I got to the end of the game, I was just like, are are you fucking kidding me? That's how it's ending. Yeah. It feels like the boss before the final boss. Yeah. Like it, it's like kind of like in Kirby's, uh. Kirby's, what was it, Kirby's Adventure, where, like, you get to the end and you get get to that boss, or, like, beat DDD, and then it's like, oh, no, it's, a, like, the Dark Matter or whatever is the actual real boss, and here's a crazy-ass shooting level and stuff like that. Like, I wish there was something like that. Except for the shooting levels in Origins kind of blue, so maybe not that. So, Scott, <laughs> how are we wrong? <laughs> well, actually, I actually really enjoyed the um, the boss battles. Um, I do agree with you that when I finished the last one, I didn't expect it to be the last one. Um, I, I assumed that the final world you had to mention unlock was kind of like where the real boss was. Yeah, same here. Um, but but he wasn't. Um, but I enjoyed all of the boss levels. Like you were saying, the, the spectacle was great. And I thought they were all very uh, inventive, especially just coming off of... I know I just recently replayed... Um, well, I played New Super Luigi U, but all the boss battles are the same. Yeah. And like, yep. Coming off of those where it, it's so familiar and comfortable and doesn't really... Save for maybe one or two, none of them, like none of the Koopa kids really surprise you. Um, I thought the battles were really well done. See, I think the thing, I mean, just thinking back to New Super Mario Brothers U and that it's been, you know, what is it, almost ten months uh, or like nine months since I since I beat that game. 
Yeah. Although I did play Luigi U, so that's fresh in my mind, too. But I do recall there were some moments that I was like, oh, that's cool in the Koopa Kid boss battles. But there's... But I'm thinking about it, and yeah, yeah, I played that fucking game. I played the bosses two months ago, and I can't really remember, like, oh, that specific boss battle. Whereas with Rayman exactly. Legends, I can be like, hey, the Luchador boss battle was pretty awesome. Exactly. Yeah, that's like that's probably the highlight. That one's really good. Yeah, I, I like that um, entire world. That third world is the highlight yeah. for me. I, I like the... I like the art to it. I like the level design. Um, and, and specifically to that, I thought that's okay. Because the Murphy stages, first of all, they're great in co-op. I don't know how much yeah. you have you played much well, two-player. Well, the, the thing but... with co-op is that when it's not a Murphy-specific stage, if you're using the touchscreen, it fucking sucks. However, you can just easily drop into a second platform player. Yeah. But if you have someone who just wants to play the touchscreen, then you're going to run into issues where it's like, okay, every third level, there's something interesting for you to do. Which I guess it's just... It puts them in kind of the conundrum because you don't want to go where Murphy's required for every stage, but you don't want to have it where it's an entirely optional thing. And like, I, I get why they had the issue. It's just for me, like, I wasn't happy with the end result. Yeah. Well, we would we would play, you know, normally through the normal stages, and then we would take turns every other Murphy stage being Murphy. Yeah. Um, and it was a lot of fun. I mean, it was perfect that way. I thought. Um, and that that whole idea is, I think, really built around two people because it is kind of boring with one person, yeah. and the AI is not great. Um, but that third world specifically is where, like, the Murphy stages kind of turned around for me, because the first two worlds, you're just doing a lot of the stuff that I had already done in the Challenges app. Um, you know, just, like, moving platforms around, yeah. flipping switches, or, like, poking the eyes out of fireballs, um, like, that kind of stuff. The third world was and basically then... just a big tease for me, because, like, that was, like, I was like, this is gonna get incredible, and then the fourth and fifth world was just kind of like, oh, okay. See, I thought the fourth world was great, too. Um, that's where my favorite level is, actually. But, but specifically what, that what third world. Um, god, now I can't remember the name of it, but I wrote about it in my review. Okay. The one where you start off, like, at that electrified door, and you have to go to the left and to the right. I thought that was so cool. I mean, that was such a neat idea. You that... start where you need to end up, and then you're going left and right. And the first time, you know, you go through these corridors, brightly lit, regular enemies, you know, like, everything's normal. And then you turn off the power generator, and then you're sort of, like, sneaking through. There's, like, sentry robots around that, you know, if they shine their light on you, you're pretty much instantly dead. Um, and you have to find different paths through because, like, the automatic doors aren't working anymore because the power's off. Um, it was just a really inventive world, and it was something I wasn't expecting. It's just, like, randomly yeah, there. that was you know? definitely one of the better levels in the game. But, see, yeah. for, for me, uh, <laughs> the fourth world had a lot of those bullshit, like, the... Uh, uh, I just remember it from, like, Turtles arcade games, where it's just like, oh, you're on an elevator, fight a bunch of dudes. That happened, like, once, right? I think once that was... Just one, it, was just, it was just one I world, think I think. there were... It was either, like, a couple times in one level, or a couple times well, in, were, like, two levels, th- maybe. There was one There was one level that was like, completely built around it. I think yeah. Elevator was even in the name. It might have yeah, been, okay. like, Elevator of Doom or something. Um, but, as, but as much as the one that you were describing stands out positively, the Elevator one stands out negatively for me. <laughs> yep. <laughs> I didn't mind the elevator one, um, but um, that third world's great for Murphy stages because it, it changes what Murphy's doing. You're now like eating through cake to like make yeah. walkways and stuff uh, for for the AI or for your partner. And I thought that was so cool. Like I thought all the Murphy stages were pretty much going to be like what you see in the first two worlds. Yep. And I kind of was I was kind of bored by it. By the time I got to the third and world, then in and then the fourth world you get to hold it. a button. Uh, hold a button? No, don't you? Uh... You oh yeah, like, you do. You do some button holding, and then yeah. you also aren't you? You using like move like, those. Uh, you move like the balls to like block the the sentry stuff. But like no, there, there's. Oh yeah. I know. I know for a fact, in, in some of the Murphy levels, it, like, I think there was one Murphy level in the fourth world where it's basically like, just uh, okay, he's here. Hold the button until he walks past. All right, hold another button. Uh, 
<laughs> that, that I was not a huge fan of. And then in the fifth world, that's when you're carrying the shield around and blocking the fire, which is which is neat. Yeah, I thought it was I thought that was pretty cool. And then there's also the one where you're like um you're making platforms, like you make use that like green ooze or whatever yeah, to yeah, like yeah, block yeah. lava and make platforms. Was that and stuff. was that in the second world? I forget. No, I think that that was that must have been in the third or the fourth. Maybe it was the third. I don't know. It might have also been in the third, like with the cake eating one. Yeah, it could they could have both been in the same one. Yeah, but um. Yeah, so I enjoyed that. I thought they kept the the Murphy stuff interesting most of the most of the time. And I will agree if you play entirely single player, those Murphy stages, um, I didn't find them to be a chore, but they definitely aren't. They drag like, on a little. Yeah, they're not. Yeah. yeah, and they're very long. Yeah, well, all the levels are long. It's just the Murphy ones. Yeah. Feel they're even a little longer. too long, I think, in Rayman. Well, Legends, because because the AI the AI moves so slow. Yeah. <laughs> like yep. The AI is like walking. Like, hey AI, hold down the right trigger for the love yeah. of God. That's the only problem, because then you feel like you have no control, you know? It's like, if yeah. you know there's a secret to the left, but you kind of, like, moved something the wrong way, the AI won't go and get it. And it's like, I wish I could just tell, like, make you go over there, but I can't. And if you're playing with a real person, you can easily correct for that, so. So I got uh one thing that's not quite a complaint, but more of a comment just on Rayman Legends as a whole. So, as you guys know, they canceled, they didn't, can- they pushed it back several months to add in, well, to make it multi-platform, but they also claim to add a bunch of content into the game. And one of the things That's I what, do, observed, we, do we know for a fact what it is? They said the 40 Rayman Origins levels, they said, like, five bosses, except as far as I'm concerned, there really are only, like, five bosses. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, a bunch of additional new levels. But here's the thing about that. Uh, I don't think that the game is particularly stuffed to the brim with content, like, I did probably 80%-ish completion, like, I beat all the levels mostly, and it's only took me, like, 12 hours. And I am just curious, if this game wasn't delayed and didn't have this extra content put in, would Rayman Legends even have enough content to be considered a fair deal I, for a full I game? I think from, from playing the game and, like, yeah, the Origins levels, I know they, they for a fact said that was added, I think we'd probably be short the Origins levels and the Invasion levels. That's That's my guess. Yeah. If if it came out in February, which in all honesty, I could have done without a lot. Oh, I, I love invasion the I love the I love the invasion levels. I think they're That's good, like, but I think especially when you're when you're going in that March to get the uh, the, the final unlockable world, I got to a point mm-hmm. where it's like I guess I just need to play all these fucking invasion levels. <laughs> yep, the origin levels were good though because they were pretty easy and they allowed you to get those uh, yeah. teensies. See, my thing is, them, I think yeah. the origins levels are boring as shit and pretty bad. So. I farmed them. I, I I used them for the purposes of getting that final world, but I was not happy about it. Yeah, I could definitely live without the origins worlds. Those are going to be the hardest and, for me and, to go back and, and, and do. for the record, uh, I mean, I'm very bitter about how how much I had to play it to get to that uh to get to the the 400 teensies or whatever the fuck needed for the. At final least it wasn't 700. World. However, I I wrote most of uh I wrote most of the review without having done that, so it's not like that's. That's clouding my review. It doesn't, yeah, like, like, yeah, paint your opinion or anything. Yeah. Um, see, by the time I beat the game, I was at about 330 or 340. I think, so... I think I was, I think I was, I think I was like three, 315, 320. Yeah, so I didn't have much to go, and I, I really enjoy the invasion levels. I love that challenge. To me, to me, in the end, Legends is, is sort of this, like, perfect blend between, like, the production value of, of, like, a Nintendo 2D platformer, and then just the insane sort of creativity and challenge of, like, some of these indie 2D platformers. Yeah. That's what I really love about it. It's, like, this perfect 
marriage between those see, two in, in my mind. And and I mean, we talked about this a little bit. If you if you want to see some of our Twitter conversation from from September fourth, you'd be able to see kind of a preview to this podcast. Um, but I think my thing is that I I still don't really like the way that Rayman feels. It, it's still kind of loose to me. It's not quite as little big planet e as Origins was, but it's still more similar to that. Uh, I feel like I don't have a good handle on Rayman. Um, yeah. Whereas yeah, I had no problem with that. Like I had no issue with with controlling Rayman whatsoever. Um, like it feels different than Mario, sure. Yeah. But I I don't like you say floaty, and I don't really I don't really get that. Like it doesn't feel floaty to me. Like I feel in control the entire time I'm playing. Yeah, I mean, I guess I just didn't feel that as much. To be fair though, I played a shit ton of the challenges app, which yeah. gets you very if you're yeah. going to be competitive, it gets you very comfortable. And I played a bunch of the challenges app too, and I still had similar complaints <laughs> to what I have right now. Um and I mean I still enjoy it, it's just that like as far as like yeah, yeah, I'll totally give you that the levels in Rayman Legends are, you know, pretty inventive and creative, but I'd much rather play it with the controls of a Mario game than the way it controls with Rayman Legends. And mm. I think that this game in particular made me appreciate just how fucking good Donkey Kong Country Returns is. And I'm I'm someone who was never even, like, I mean, it's not like I was ever down on Donkey Kong Country Returns, but I was never super, super high on that game. I mean, I played some of it on Wii, and I didn't even finish it on Wii. Uh, <laughs> I enjoyed the 3DS version, and, you know, it was very good. And that's kind of fresh in my mind, playing through Legends. And as I'm getting through that game, kind of thinking about, like, what's missing about this? And then I just kept on thinking about how, like, Man, Donkey Kong Country Returns is sweet. And now, uh, thank you, thank you, Ubisoft and Rayman Legends. I am super stoked for Donkey Kong Country Tropical Freeze. Yeah, it's, uh, Rayman Legends is a very, very good game. It is maybe a great game. I think I have a few problems with, um, I think it could have used more content. I think some of the content they provided, uh, some of the side content wasn't particularly great. I feel like a little bit of it was occasionally rehashed from Rayman Origins. Like, some of the music tracks are nearly identical. Um, and, like, the platforming, they didn't improve nearly as much. But you know what? It was still pretty fun. It was fun for 7 hours. It was fun for 12 hours. I don't regret playing it. I just don't think it's that amazing. Yeah, I I agree with that. And and <laughs> just remember, right. Scott, you gave it a nine five, and your way your way hyped on it. Remember, I gave Kirby's Epic Yarn a ten. <laughs> Kirby's Epic Yarn, you gave Runner Two a ten as well. Yeah. Well, Runner Two, I mean that that's I don't think that's as controversial as me giving Kirby's <laughs> fucking Epic Yarn a ten. Although to be fair, that was uh, I mean as far as the games that I gave tens, uh, Runner Two, I have not really gone back to because it's still kind of fresh. But, like, I went back to Punch-Out, that game still fucking rocks. Uh, and I went back to Kirby's Up at Yarn the other year, and that game is just still a joy for me from start to finish. Like, yeah. that's probably the one out of the, uh, I mean, and Alex and I were talking this with Lindemann on Twitter earlier this week. Um, so it's been on my mind, especially with you giving Rayman Legends such a high score and me being on the, the sour end of it. Um, I mean, it is the kind of thing where, you know, I get those doubts about games that I gave really high scores, and it's really gratifying to go back and play it and just be like... Yeah, I can see why other people didn't like this as much, but I don't really fucking care. <laughs> yeah, I guess that's so where I'm at. So be proud, Scott. Be yeah. proud. Oh, I am. I mean, I don't, I don't doubt myself. <laughs> Enjoy your video games. Yes. Yeah, exactly. It, to me, it's exactly what I wanted from a 2D platformer. It, it feels like the kind of the next step uh, for the genre and this sort of like reboot that we've seen in like the past year, starting off with New Super Mario Brothers on the DS. Um, it just, it just feels 
good to me. And I'll say that, you know, we got, I got the game Friday and, you know, you told me you'd like to have the review up before the game came out on Tuesday. And I was like, okay, like that shouldn't be a problem. Um, and then it especially wasn't a problem because I never wanted to stop playing unless I had to. I mean, like even I was playing Friday night and Tabby got home from work and she's like, oh, my friend's going to come over. Like, we're going to hang out. Like, let's, you know, like drink and just like watch a movie or something. It's like, oh, okay, cool. And I was like, yeah, as soon as she gets here, I'll stop. And then she got there and like, I probably still played for another like half hour before they were finally like, okay, like, can we do something? And not just that they weren't enjoying the watching pad, it man. because they were, uh, well, yeah, I guess I could have, but it was like, I just didn't want to stop. And I, yeah. I love that the, there's enough variety in the, uh, the levels themselves, even within worlds that nothing feels to me at least, uh, the same, maybe, maybe safe for the Murphy stages. But other than that, like moving from level to level was always fun. And I always liked sort of discovering what, what I was going to have to do next in each level. So yeah, yeah I just, I just really enjoyed it. It, it really appealed to me. So it's good that we're ending on a positive note. Yeah, that's yeah. kind of what I wanted to build, too, so yep. I'm glad it happened. <laughs> awesome. Well, I guess that'll do it, then. Yeah. Um, um, if, so... Tell us how you feel about Rayman exactly. Legends. Uh, email connectivity at NintendoWorldReport.com, or hit us up on Twitter. Um, I'm at Enron10. I am at C-U-L-A-F-I-A. I have to spell it out, because most people don't know how Kalafi is spelled. Yeah, I wouldn't think so. Let's get Alex some followers. He's got 44. I you know see what, that Scott? I don't want to get into this again. Uh, <laughs> I appreciate your help. Uh, but trying to help out. Let's end it on a positive note, Scott. <laughs> People just don't know you're out there. You haven't, you know, you're kind of new to Twitter. You started one a long time ago and never used it. So I know. I'm, I'm, you were I'm my first you follower. Heck yeah. Do you want to know what was, was pretty funny? Is uh, I started uh, attempting to use Instagram recently, and I was like, <laughs> I don't think I made one. And then like I'm like making an account using my you know my staple and ron 10 and then yeah. it's like oh an account was already made so i go in and you know uh you know get into it and it's just like i never posted a picture the only person that i'm following is mike sklens <laughs> <laughs> and like i think i think my own my friend billy was the only person that was following me i'm just like That's when awesome. did i do this <laughs> That's awesome uh and if you want to follow me on twitter i am okay soda the letters okay and the word soda so there you go. Let us know what you think about Rayman Legends. Uh, if you haven't already, I say check it out. Give it a shot. Yeah. I mean, uh, if the it's... Challenges app is still up, at least download that. I mean, it's basically like a really good demo. Try out the Challenges app. It's got a couple levels. Uh, more polished than like the in-store demo and everything. Um, and then for also is the Challenges app, which I, I think that'll be... that'll. I think that demo, you know, the Challenge app will still run concurrently with the actual game. I'm pretty sure. So. Well, that's what I was going to say. Us, uh, like studious news reporters here should keep an eye on that to see if they like they pulled that at any yeah. point soon now that the real i actually out. deleted it once I, got <laughs> I haven't yet but i should yeah because i got the, i got the little like bonus on. for it and then was clearing clearing out the fridge because i'm still i have not gone uh digital only on my wii u so i yeah i have to clean the fridge i'm too lazy to get a hard drive not me I'm rocking that terabyte no i mean hell yeah uh, actually, it might even be two terabytes. God, I don't even know. Oh, it's damn. Huge, though. Yo, man, break me off a piece of that something, something. Just like, <laughs> just like 20 gigs. Come on. <laughs> I'll send you a little SD card. Um, alright, that will do it. Thanks, guys. Alright, bye. Bye.
welcome to that week in Nintendo, this week in Nintendo, whatever you want to call it. Um, some some week in Nintendo. Yeah, the occasional week in Nintendo. Basically, Scott and I did this once, and then the next couple weeks were boring, and then whenever it was an interesting week, just shit came up. So now we're going to try doing this again. And this week still isn't that amazing. <laughs> yeah. um, but I guess let's start with the cool part about it, and that's the Wonderful 101. Uh, that's available this Sunday, September 15th, probably a day or two after you listen to this. Um, if you're in Europe or Japan, it's been out for like three years. <laughs> yeah, this is actually a GameCube game. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, speaking of GameCube games now, but... Uh, <laughs> um, but yeah, The Wonderful 101 is finally going to be coming out. It's the game from Platinum Games, directed by Hideki Kamiya, who directed Bayonetta, Okami, Beautiful Joe, uh, Devil May Cry, Resident Evil 2. Um, dude's done a lot. A lot of good games. Yeah. Um, and I, uh, I was fortunate to get our, our man, uh, our man in Seattle at the time, uh, Kurt Bonds, to get a copy of the Wonderful 101 when it was for sale at PAX Prime and sent it my way. Um, I haven't put too much time into it, but so far it's just bonkers insane. You know, um, it's pretty cool that they did that in PAX. Like, I remember when we were there in, in Boston, they sold Luigi's Mansion, like, a few days early, but it came yeah. out that Sunday. I mean, this was like, Almost two weeks early that they yeah. were selling this. That's pretty cool. Yeah, and they only sold 101 copies a day. So that means there were, I guess, 404 copies of the Wonderful 101 in the mm. wild. Um, and yeah, I mean, I've, I am only about two, three hours into it because, uh, I, I got the game and then I think when I got it, I was finishing up, uh, playing Rayman for review for Nintendo Force and then, I had, like, a couple busy days at work, then finally put some time into it. The next day, we got the Wind Waker HD download code, which I'm on that for, for this very site, and we'll talk about that a little more after after uh, we wrap up this week in Nintendo. Um, so I've, I haven't put as much time into this game as I would have liked, but I really like what I've played so far. Um, it just, I mean, it's it's really, really busy. It's crazy, but there's a lot of depth to the combat, as far as I can tell. Like, a lot of, like, using the right ability at the right time and then you can do this stuff where it's like you have one and then you can draw another one and the computer will control it and just kind of playing everything off each other is is really fun and i'll be honest i don't really know what the hell is going on some of the time <laughs> and and i think that is a cause for concern i mean we've seen a lot of kind of i guess mixed reactions about this game where some people it just doesn't click for it Whereas uh, for some people, like including uh, James Dawson, who reviewed the North American version for us, clicked really, really well with him. Um, but yeah. Uh, Scott, are you going to get this game at all? This is like one I'm kind of on the fence about. If uh, Honestly, if Zelda wasn't coming, like what, the next week? Yeah, um, five days later. Did yeah, the I would like probably for sure do it. But it's the kind of thing where I'm like kind of balancing them out. I'm like, I can't really afford both right now. And even though this is a new game, I know I'm going to love Wind Waker. Yeah. And as we were talking about before we recorded, I haven't played it since it initially came out, so I'm actually really excited. So I kind of lean that way, but if that wasn't in the equation, then yes, I would get it. And I'll probably get it eventually. I mean, I like I like Platinum, and um, it looks interesting enough. Uh, you know, yeah. I'm not too worried about what people have said you know, negatively about it. I think I can you know, deal with that, so... I mean, it's kind of weird because it's like playing it really does remind me of stuff like Beautiful Joe and Bayonetta, but it mm -hmm. doesn't, like, I wouldn't say like, oh, it plays just like Beautiful Joe, because it doesn't, but it just, right. it has that style, it has that sensibility, like, Kamiya does have, like, he has that distinct style that even though all of his games are really different, it all kind of is cohesive in a way. Yeah. 
I mean, I would say it kind of reminds me, not that I spent too much time with Devil May Cry, but it kind of reminds me of how that series is, where it's a lot of juggling between, you know, you know, uh, like the sword and guns and stuff like that. Um, and this thing, you're also juggling between sword and guns and just shit that you draw on the touchscreen, which so far I'm definitely siding on a, on team analog stick. Um, and just when I'm playing the game, like drawing on the game pad, like it's as fast as the game is, I find I only can do quick precision on the right analog stick. It's, uh, I mean, maybe that'll change as I get to the more complicated ones. Like, uh, you know, there's like the hammer and, and the whip and stuff like that, but I don't, I don't know. Um, I'm also playing the game on easy, which, if you're a pussy like me, it's definitely the way to go. <laughs> um, but even still, I mean, it just, Kamiya games are notoriously hard, so if you're really stifled by the game on normal, just drop it down to easy. I'm not yeah. sure if you can change in between levels or anything, because I, I, I kind of knew from the start, knowing how, knowing what I've heard about this game, I knew that, you know, for me, I want to drop it down to easy. Mm-hmm. Um, it's the kind of thing that I might play through it and then go back and play it on normal. But it's kind of me thinking about how, like, I'm going to be playing a fuck ton of different games, and I don't want to get frustrated and not finish this game. I'd rather have it be a little easier and actually finish it. And even so far, like, it's been it's been hard, but not, like, to the point of death, just to the point of, like, I'm fucking up a little bit. And I'm like, okay, if I do this, uh, this ability here and then block here, then cool stuff happens. But I definitely, I mean, I recommend it if, if what, I, what I have said is at all appealing to you. It, it probably will be up your alley. <laughs> um, unfortunately, I think the sales potential for the Wonderful 101 is like dog shit. It's just, it's a terrible time for it to release. Yep. Another game that would have benefited from coming out during this like abysmal January to July period. Yeah. I mean, I could also hear an argument probably that it wouldn't have sold like in June because um, I don't think it would have. I just think, I mean, if you look at like the, you know, the kind of the Wii U faithful, if you will. I know a lot more people not getting the Wonderful 101 than I do, like, you know, that weren't getting Lego City or weren't getting Pikmin and stuff like that. Yeah. And I think a little bit of it is that, like, it is so weird and it's hard. Like, there is really no elevator pitch for this game other than, like, oh, man, it's crazy and you control 100 people. Um, <laughs> but, yeah. So let's move on to the other stuff. Uh and we'll take a little detour to the ridiculous uh, eShop sales that are going on right now. And there's a lot of them. Yeah. Uh, Super Little Acorns 3D Turbo is half off. It's uh, normally $8. It's now 4 till October 2nd. That's actually a cool little platformer by some guys that used to work on the DJ Hero games. Um, I believe I reviewed it. Gave it an 8.0 back when it came out. There you go. Uh, came out of nowhere. I think it was based off a mobile game. But it was just something that like we got randomly contacted about. I was like, oh, cute little platformer, and then played it, and it was, it was a lot of fun. So for four bucks, I, I don't know if you can really go wrong. And then Bike Rider DX, which was a huge seller on the eShop in Japan. I don't know how well it's done here, but was uh, it really? Yeah, like uh, it, I think it's just one of those things where like it came out at the right time, kind of like the first Dempamen game. Mm-hmm. Um. But that is, uh, Bike Rider DX is $3. It's kind of like a, it looks like a Trials clone. I believe we have a review. Um, I'm not sure how positive it was. I think it might have been like in the 6 or 7 range. Um, and then a bunch of Renegade Kid games are on sale. Uh, Bomb Monkey, ATV Wild Ride 3D, Mutant Muds on 3DS, and also Mutant Muds Deluxe on Wii U. Which I'm now kicking myself because I bought Mutant Muds Deluxe on Wii U like a couple weeks ago. And I was like, oh, I'll hold out for a sale. And then I was drunk one night. And we just like, man, I want to play some Mutant Muds on my TV. 
<laughs> yeah, I bought it. I bought it about a month ago or maybe two months ago. So, um, I just checked it. Bike Rider DX was reviewed by our own Kimberly Keller, and she gave it an eight out of ten. Oh wow! Yeah, cool. Uh, pros: challenging and addictive gameplay, energizing music, and extensive content. Cons: lack of wireless capabilities, no competitive options. So. Sounds like not great for a, a multiplayer option, but as far as maybe a single player uh, experience, not too bad, especially for what three dollars now. So. Yeah. And then, uh, I mean, all the the Renegade Kid games. Uh, I mean, I think Mutant Muds is is great. Um, if you haven't got if you if you have a 3DS and a Wii U and haven't gotten the game, get the Wii U version. It's yeah, it's got the most content. Mm-hmm. Um, ATV Wild Ride 3D. I, I mean, I've got some issues with it, but it's it's a fun little racing game. Um, I think that I think it's like six or seven bucks with a discount. Um, it does have online, but I don't know if anyone's playing it anymore. The online ran really well, um, but I think if you, re- I think Tyler reviewed it for us, um, and I, I think Tyler and I were pretty much in agreement on how that game was. Uh, someday there might be a review posted on IGN that I wrote <laughs> months ago. But has never been posted. <laughs> so uh, that's what happens. You, you've, when... you've told me before there was stuff you reviewed that everyone up. I was wondering yeah. what. what uh, I, I think it was Kersploosh and uh, and and Atifa Ride 3D are the two that never got posted. That was uh, basically that's what happens when you write reviews and uh, you know complete the whole process, and then the company gets bought by a different one and half <laughs> of it gets shut down. Yep, that's that's why those reviews were never posted. Yeah, but you did yeah. get paid. So yeah, yeah. That's all that matters. Yep, I'd gladly um, write stuff no one ever saw. Get paid for it. <laughs> that's not a bad way to go. Uh, and then the last thing that's on sale is Tokitori Two Plus, which is I guess just the new name for Tokitori Two. Uh, it's also got this massive update mm-hmm. um, where they added like new puzzles, new music, new pretty much everything it seems. Uh, and they've they've cleaned that game up a lot because a lot of my a lot of my uh, issues with it when it first came out was that it was kind of obtuse. Um, it looked beautiful, but it just sometimes you get to a point where you're like, what the hell do I do? Um, I haven't gone back to the game since like a couple weeks after it came out, but supposedly they've, they've updated a lot to make it a lot clearer and they've really listened to feedback, which is, which is awesome. And now you can get the game for $9 until September 19th instead of the regular 15. So that's a hell of a deal. It it's, is. it's a great game. Moving on to the virtual console on 3DS, we got Tecmo Bowl, but no players. Uh, I mean, I mean there are players. It's just that they're not licensed. So instead of, you know, Walter Payton, you just have whatever Walter Payton's number is. Which, I mean, Scott, you're the Bears fan. You should know that. <laughs> I don't know. I'm not like <laughs> legitimately a Bears fan. <laughs> yeah. I just if they beat the Packers, I'll just talk shit to you. But that's pretty much that's the extent of Dick. it. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, Tecmo Bowl is a great game. It's just that know full well that you're not going to get the NFL license with it. You're just going to get teams that are conspicuously named and colored in the same way as <laughs> NFL teams with players that are very familiar to real players that played in 1988. <laughs> they did the same thing for the uh, the Wii Virtual Console. Yeah, this is this right? This is essentially that that exact yeah. game. Um, uh, and there also was download play, so. That's awesome. That's probably the only reason I'd ever get this. Yeah, that's a that's a really smart addition. Yeah, they've done that for a lot of uh, 3DS games, mm-hmm. uh, 3DS NES games. I know, I think Ice Climber has it, uh, Super C. There's a couple others, too. Didn't uh, uh, the Ambassador version of Super Mario Brothers have it? Yes, yes. Yeah. Uh, so. And then on Wii U Virtual Console, Zelda 2 The Adventure of Link is coming out, which... Um, 
is uh, I'm not a big fan. Yeah, the only reason I care about this is because we it means we probably will get a link to the past before um, Link Between yeah. Worlds comes out. Which yeah, because awesome. two weeks ago the first the original yeah. Legend of Zelda came out. Yep. Um, then we have a bunch of DSiWare crap. Um, <laughs> Letter <laughs> Challenge, Tales to Enjoy, Little Red Riding Hood. Those are different things. And Tales to Enjoy, Puss in Boots. Um, two of those are interactive stories, and one of them is a word game. Um, and uh, that's it, except for the 3DS eShop demo of Entry and Odyssey Untold the Millennium Girl, which will be available on Monday, September 16th. And Scott, did you ever play the Entry and Odyssey 4 demo? I didn't I, play the demo, but I, I played the actual game. Oh, okay. I, I forgot that you got the actual game. Yeah. I wasn't in love with it, though. I, I mean, it wasn't bad, but I had just come off of Fire Emblem, yeah. um, which I was like really high on, and then to come to this, which... Like, I, what I adored about Fire Emblem, apart from just the, the strategy that's always been there, is, is kind of the care they put into the, the story and the characters and the relationship between the characters. And then coming to Entry, Entry and Odyssey 4, it's like, yeah, we kind of got rid of all that, and all you do is explore, like, dungeons and draw maps. And I was like, well, that's fine, but it kind of, to me, it was a letdown. It was a fine game, though. Yeah. I mean, I, I really, really dug it. I'd always been curious in the series before 4, um, and then played 4 and kind of fell in love with the series. Uh, so I'm... Very, very excited to dive into Etrian Odyssey Untold. Mm-hmm. Isn't um, it? It's like a remake, right? Of one of the yeah, it's a remake movies? of the original. The original was oh, okay. a 2007 DS game, um, and then there were two other ones on DS, and then four on 3DS. And Untold runs on the same uh, engine as Etrian Odyssey Four, uh, so it's very similar in that regard. But the one thing that they did add is they have a more traditional story mode to it, whereas with the oh. past games, it's kind of I guess like Dungeons and Dragons ish, where it's just like you or like Final Fantasy One stuff like that. You just assemble a party and go and out, go. and like there is a story, but it's not really like you know character development or interaction. It's just you have a party, you're adventuring, and yeah. some shit happens to other people along the way, and you help them. Yep. Um, whereas this one, there's a whole story, uh, and we'll have a review of this game up on the week after the demo, uh, September twenty third. Uh, Justin Baker is on that review, and we'll probably have a segment on connectivity about it um, either next week or the week after. It, it depends on how it all shakes out. I, I think we'll, we will record it the week that the review goes up, and I think it'll be in that episode, but who knows. Nice. Yeah. Yeah, I'm excited to check out the demo. Is it the same thing where progress you get in this Indeed. demo carries over? That's awesome. Yeah, yeah I mean, I, th- I, I wish more games would do that, especially looking at like the Mario and Luigi Dream Team demo. Like, ugh, come on. Those games... <laughs> I, I have not played the, the actual 3DS eShop demo of Mario and Luigi Dream Team, but I'm 99% sure that the save does not transfer over, and those games are really laborious to go through for a second mm-hmm. time. So now, I guess, uh, for the rest of this, we can talk about the Wind Waker HD, uh, which I'm in the process of playing, and uh, I'm in... I'm in the zone right now thinking about what I'm going to put the pen to the paper for the review, which will be up a few days after you listen to this. Um, so I guess, I guess Scott, if you have any questions about how the Wind Waker HD is, we can start there. Whew. Um, well, I mean, first of all, obviously, just, just how, does it, how does it look? Now that you're playing it, you, you see everything, you're, you're really seeing it in motion on your own TV. Like, how does it look? It's kind of funny because I was playing it before we started recording this, and I asked I asked Lauren, I was like, so what do you think about this? Doesn't it look great? And she's like, I mean, uh, it looks like a GameCube game. And I'm like, shut your mouth. <laughs> <laughs> but, I mean, it is the kind of thing where it still has a lot of 
what makes the GameCube game a GameCube game. Um, it's not like it looks bad or anything, but you can, like, at least in the character models and everything, it's still very reminiscent of that art style, and that's why I think you do have a lot of the reactions when you do see it, you know, like, you know, just on a TV screen during E3, and you're just like, it doesn't look that different, because mm-hmm. it, it honestly doesn't. It just looks super cleaned up, super polished. Yeah. Um, there's some weird lighting that I don't really like, because, like, there's some things that are just way too bright, and then the contrast looks weird. Mm-hmm. Um, but for the most part, uh, I think it looks even more beautiful than it did before. It's not this huge, gigantic leap, because the original game still does look very good, but yeah. it runs very smoothly. It just, it all looks better. Hmm. Good. Yeah, I've seen, like, some comparison videos, and yeah, it doesn't look, it doesn't, like, blow my mind or anything, but for as simple as, as the original, like, art and uh, look of the game was on GameCube, it's it's amazing just how clean and sharp it can all look. Yeah. It's still simple, but but just, yeah, just very clear. And I mean, and just in general across the game, I mean, I think the big, I guess the change that they did to it is they kind of cleaned up the pacing. Um, they just made things flow a lot better. Like, for example, like when you get the Wind Waker and the grappling hook and uh, and like the bombs when you're on the boat, that is all mapped to the D-pad at all times. So you don't need to equip the Wind Waker to use it. It's just there. Nice. Um, and, like, when you're in the boat, you just hit, you know, right on the D-pad, and out comes the, the grappling hook to, you know, salvage stuff. You don't need to have it equipped. That's Which awesome. is, it's kind of funny, because I kept on equipping them early on, and then realized, <laughs> I'm like, oh, it's just there. Okay, cool. That's a good um, move. Did you get the, like, the sail that makes you faster? Yeah. And even the sail, once again, you don't need to equip that. It's just when you're in the boat, you hit the A button, and the sail comes out. And you start going. Does it make a, a big difference, you feel like? Yeah. Uh, really? The only thing is that getting the swift sail is probably the most asinine process, and, oh, really? it, and considering that it's something that it's like if you're be, if you're frustrated by the game or something, that's kind of how I see why they have it in there. Is it's like oh you don't like you think the boating's slow here get this it'll make it go faster. Mm-hmm. Um, it's kind of like a it's like a side quest it's like a secret it's in the auction house if you remember that. Yeah 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 so it's just one of the items there and it shows up randomly. And oh. you need to bid on it, and it goes up to a high bid. So if you don't have enough rupees, like, what happened to me is I got fucking outbid on it. <laughs> like, I had, like, 200-plus rupees on me, and was just like, all right, I'm going to get the Swift Sail. I want to see how it works. Like, I, I think it was the first opportunity I could get it. I got it, because it's after you beat the first dungeon, the Dragon mm-hmm. Roost Cavern or whatever it's called. Um, I went back and was went probably went in and out of that damn auction house about 15 <laughs> times. At time five, it appeared for the first time, but then I got outbid, so I went and, you know, grinded for some rupees around the town, went back, went in and outside of the door another ten times, finally got the sale, and then won it. And it does make a big difference, because you just don't need to worry about changing the wind direction. It just makes it a lot smoother. I don't think anything's lost. I think it's the ideal way to play the game now. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, I, I'm not quite at the uh, the Triforce hunt yet, but apparently they cleaned that up a lot. Um, and I'm on the, I'm on the cusp of getting to the point in the game where you have to do the command melody all the time to like, yeah. uh, to, you know, switch between the characters. I don't think they really fixed that too much. That was probably, uh, cause I replayed it like four years ago and that was the part that really bothered me the last time I played the game was that the command melody, you know, it took too long. And mm-hmm. then that also got me thinking that like how Twilight Princess, you just had the Dominion Rod. Which is just yeah. an item that you'd point at something and just be like, now I control you! And Wind Waker, you have to, you know, 
use the Wind Waker to you know, do the song. But I mm-hmm. guess because you don't need to have the Wind Waker equipped, it does it, it will quicken it up a little bit. But I wish there was just kind of like just like fucking hit a button and switch characters. Right. Yeah. Um. But yeah, I mean, it looks it looks beautiful, and that game just in general holds up so well. The mm-hmm. combat's awesome. Um. It's not you know it's not as in depth as Twilight Princess or Skyward Sword, but it doesn't feel like when I played Ocarina of Time 3D uh, back when that came out, where that I uh, conclusion that I came to at the end of that game was that the combat in Ocarina of Time sucks. Yeah, it's just it's really old, it's really dated. Whereas in Wind Waker, it's not like there's that much depth to it, but it just it's it's fun. Yeah, and a lot of that is because you know as you're attacking an enemy, you have that dun 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 dun. Mm-hmm. Um, and then like just the parry system's fun because then that encourages you to kind of stay behind and see what the enemy's gonna do, and then just you know tap the button at the right time and you do a cool spin to the back. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, it's it's just it's really fun to just play that game. And I'm excited. I I really think uh, playing through it now kind of solidifies it as my favorite Zelda game. Maybe not the best, but definitely my favorite. And so far, it does not feel like those dungeons, like, uh, I mean, that, that the whole thing how people are just like, oh, it's missing dungeons, like, it does not feel that way. And actually, to me, it's one of the most organic-feeling Zelda games ever. Because, like, every other Zelda game, there's a, like, clearly defined axe. And I guess yeah. Wind Waker does have that, but it just feels like, the, it's not like you get to a point where the story is just like, alright, now you can go to these next six places. It just, yeah. it, it does it, because it's a lot, it's usually smaller things, because it's you know, you go to the fortress in the beginning, and then you go to Dragon Roost, and you go to, you know, uh, Faron Woods, or whatever, I think that's what it's called, or uh, Forest Haven, I'm getting confused with Twilight <laughs> Princess names. Yeah. Um, and that's all like, like, you know, it's like a linear path throughout it, it's not like you have this whole thing about like, you know, okay, now you need to get these three pearls, although you do, but I, I mean, it's it's hard to explain, but it's just that... Whereas I feel like when I play Ocarina or when I play Skyward Sword or Twilight Princess, it felt like there was this very segmented, like, you get these three things, stop. You get these six things, stop. Yeah, Whereas Skyward Sword we're... especially had that. And then, yeah. yeah, like, o- Ocarina of Time, yeah, it's like, get the three things, oh, now you're older, and I'll get the six things. Yeah, it was, yeah. And, and I think what helps Wind Waker a lot, too, is that you're motivated to save your sister for the first half of the game. Mm-hmm. Um, and that means that your motivation is less collect all this bullshit and more, I want to save my goddamn sister. Right. And and I think that's one thing that they kind of nail in this, is that for a character that probably has about 15 to 20 lines of dialogue tops, <laughs> um, like, I mean, I, I think they do a really good job at making Errol, like, a character that you want to save. And I think that's important to do. Because, uh, yeah. I mean, I know, I know a lot of people got into Midna, but even that, like, you were sort of saving Zelda for most of Twilight Princess. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't until the end that you lo- kind of learn more about Midna, and then you find out, oh, that's the Twilight Princess. <laughs> um, and then Skyward Sword, like, you know, Zelda is dynamic in that, and you're chasing her, but even still, it's like you're you're chasing her because she's like a MacGuffin for most of the game. Yeah. Um, for those don't don't know what a MacGuffin is, it's just a random thing that you chase in a movie. Um <laughs> Like, usually, like, I mean, uh, what always comes to mind, I think this is around the time when I was in, like, some screenwriting class, and we talked about the term MacGuffin, uh, the first Transformers movie, how it's just like, we need to get the AllSpark. Like, what does it do? I don't fucking know. We just need to get it. Exactly. That's a MacGuffin. Yeah. <laughs> um, but, yeah, I'm excited for other people to play this HD remake, because it is awesome, 
Have you uh, taken a bunch of selfies as Link? Oh, God, the selfies thing is so dumb, but it's so great. <laughs> See, my thing is that I'm very hung up on finding, like, the perfect self, self-portrait self for Link. But it just it's it's something that's so stupid, <laughs> but I can't wait to see what people post on Meverse. Yeah. Because it even does the thing where it's, like, like as if Link's holding up the fucking camera. Like, because, like, he's off to one side. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And you can, like, you just, uh, you basically, like, use, like, the le- I think it's, like, the left analog stick. And you just, like, put a dumb face on him. Like, if you go, like, you know, one direction, it's like he'll have, like, a, a sneer or, like, you know, his angry face or a, like, smile or oh, he'll Jesus have his eyes all wide. Yeah. yeah. Like, it just, it's so awesome. And I can't wait to, to see what people do with it. I mean, I, I, I've been very, I tried to do one with the Master Sword, but then I triggered the cutscene before I could. <laughs> I'm so pissed. <laughs> when you, oh, at the Hyrule part? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like that's why I was looking for good ones, but unfortunately, like a lot of the stuff in high rules too high to really get a good selfie. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's an art, Neil. Yeah. It, I think it's a little bit before before I mean, our I only, time. I only started, you know, with the with the Instagramming recently. So. Exactly. Yeah. There's a whole generation that's been doing selfies for years. That's yeah. going, that are going to nail this. So. Yeah, and I mean, that's I think the thing that I'm more excited for is people who have never played Windbreaker before playing it for the first time. I'm curious yeah. to see how those people would react. Like, you know, the the younger folks who might have not been born when Windbreaker came out. And that's, I mean, that's what this remake, at least to me, that's who it's really aimed at. I mean, of course, yeah, there is the aim at people who have nostalgia for it and want to replay it. But I feel it's also that they have younger fans who have not had the chance to play Wind Waker, and now here's a way to play it. Yeah. It's a, it's like, it falls perfectly for me because it's it's old enough that there's a good chance that a lot of people who would get it now haven't played it. But it's also recent enough that it's going to... It's not going to be so rough around the edges. Like how yeah. you mentioned Ocarina of Time, like the combat, like you do it now and it just seems underwhelming. Like it, it's that perfect, that perfect combination of, um, of age, but like still, still being refined as, as it is yep. and, you know, not needing much work. Um, so I'm excited. I, like I said, I haven't played it since I was like in high school when it came out, um, <laughs> like just over a summer. I think I've told the story before my friend stole it from me from, from a local, uh, a local, uh, grocery store slash like department store um he got really big into stealing that summer and i said i wanted it and for whatever reason they didn't have their games behind glass they just had them like out and so he just opened it and took out the disc for me and then like put it in a jewel case later and gave it to me so <laughs> that's how i got one waker sorry <laughs> but it all worked out he got caught trying to steal shoes one time and then had to do like community service for like weeks so he got his I was gonna say my my little uh my experience with a a, a friend being a thief was a uh, uh so when my my brother is uh, eight years older than me and so when he when he was in high school you know I was like nine yeah and there was like some school trip to go to Washington D.C. and when his friends got back one of his friends was like oh man I got you Star Wars magnets and I'm like nine <laughs> so I didn't really question it <laughs> and then like I found out a couple. Like, I think it might have been a couple weeks, maybe a couple months later, about how, like, yeah, he got them with the five-finger discount. I was just like, what's that? And then, I like, I started doing the math in my head. I'm like, oh. And the funny thing is that I still have those magnets in the fridge today. <laughs> what did we, where, did he, where did he steal them from? It was just, like, at a store. Like, they're just Star Wars magnets. Oh, okay. like, you know, like a cutout of, like, R2-D2. And... I thought maybe, like, they took a tour of that White House and he, like, took them off no, the White House that, that would be pretty great. <laughs> Dude, Clint fucking loves Star Wars. <laughs> Really digs that Han Solo guy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, awesome. That all sounds good. So I think we're uh, 
think we're pretty much wrapped up. Yeah, that, that sounds like a segment. Thank you for listening. Bye. Hello everyone, and this is yet another interview for an upcoming eShop game. I'm here with... With Michael Bourget, the Public Relations Manager of Cubic Games. Uh, Cubic Games is... Uh, we are indie developers in Poland, in Warsaw. So you already introduced yourself, that's always a nice thing, so I don't have to ask it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, Cubic Games has been around for a little while, and you have created like some interesting games for like Nintendo systems. Um, could you give like an overview of your company's titles? Sure. Um, so, we started by developing on uh, Nintendo DSiWare. Um, we've made uh, we've made actually the first uh, FPS ever uh, on this console. It was called uh, Core, and uh, later we've made some uh, racing games like uh, Remote Racers and also the Air Race series containing Air Race and Air Race Tunnel. These are these are air racing games with planes. We've made also uh, some um, simulation management simulation games uh, like with uh, with My Little Restaurant and My Little Garden. Uh, but my little garden was only for for iOS actually, and uh, yeah, and um, and then we've made for for Wii, we've made a game called Gnomes, which is like a multiplayer battle arena game, uh, when you just have to smash uh, smash your opponent with little <laughs> with little j- joyful gnomes jumping around. Uh, really fun, and from this uh, from this uh, from this atmosphere of gnomes, we've made uh, two fast for gnomes on Wii as well, and this is uh, an auto running platformer. Yes. And we were happy with this, so we decided to to bring it to 3DS and to sell it on the eShop as well. So you made a good number of games there, really. Uh, I played a good number of them as well. I, I believe I played all of the iRace series, so, which we're going to talk about today in a little bit. And yeah, I, I, I mean, Too Fast for Gnomes is like most recent memory of mine, really. Um, especially um, those levels are hard. Those are really, really hard levels. <laughs> so you keep, so you guys keep me engaged for like plenty of bus rides on my 3DS. <laughs> so so well done there. Yeah, don't worry. We also had hard time <laughs> playing the levels. So, you, so, so, so you, so you kind of made a challenging also for yourself, really. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, for sure so. it's uh, for sure it's a challenging game, but um, mm-hmm. I think that's uh, that's that's one concept. Yes, die and retry, and we yes. and this should be hard because um, this this is the point. Yes, to die and retry. And they they weren't also really not really long levels. You had a checkpoint at points and places, and then you could go on and then keep going, going till you finally got it. So it it was fun to play. Yeah, and also. Um, just to add something, I th- the good thing is um, that it's, it was very fast to respawn. Like we we made it really fast without any any loading screen or anything, so so the player could die and, and just and just just continue playing right right away. Yes, but uh, enough about uh, too fast for gnomes because we could spend about that also for another twenty minutes uh, <laughs> because we're here for Iway Speed, which is a sequel to like the games that you released in I believe two thousand ten? That's that's correct, yes? Yeah. Yeah. So how did these ideas for these games then come to life? Mm-hmm. How did Air Race and Air Tunnel comes to life came to life, yeah? Yeah. Um well Ares Tunnel came before Ares uh, Ares. Mm-hmm. Ares Tunnel was more like a, like a prototyping game of of uh, to try to try the the system and to try the gameplay how it is with this plane. But of course, it's a game in itself, yes, because you you have uh, challenges and everything, and you have a complete package. But uh, it was more like a more like simple uh, simple thing. You were flying solo. Uh, inside yep. tunnels, and uh, you you had to avoid the obstacles and get through the end of the tunnels, and your yes. speed was constantly constantly increasing. So the later you, the further you are on the level, and the harder it is to to survive. And uh, the reception was very good. People people really enjoyed and said that the the, the controls were very smooth. So that yeah. um, that encouraged us even more to make uh, air race, but we already had it in mind anyway. As I said, it was like we wanted to make air race, the big air race, but we made just air race tunnel before. But that made us even more enthusiastic, and uh, and few months later we released um, air race, and this uh, air race uh, is is much it's much bigger title because it contains. Um, it contains AI that you are flying against. Uh, you have power-ups to to shoot at your enemies, or to pay, to put a shield, or to to speed up, and um, and you have a, a lot more levels and different uh, environments also. Yes. And and basically this this was the the continuity, and it uh, it got even better reception because it was a richer game. So for like the newcomer and casual player alike, because they might be a little bit confused, what can players um, expect from the title and what makes the title so interesting? Sure. Yeah, so this new title is coming uh, on September 19th, so it's next week. And uh, and what can, play, what, what can players expect? Uh, basically, they can expect a lot of speed. <laughs> sure. That's the main point of the game. Speed, yeah, speed, adrenaline, and immersion. The the gameplay is uh, rather uh, similar to RS Tunnel because you're also going to fly solo through ah. through through levels, 
you don't have a direct opponent next to you and you have to you have to um, to to complete the levels first of all but you have to make a good score as well to yes. to pass the levels and to be able to to play next tracks and um, and you have on this title you have full control of your plane so you can uh, you can break you can use nitro and um, you can expect also to have really a challenge to avoid all the obstacles and to avoid the the tight curves to to pass them properly because uh, the crash is if you are not careful if you are just going too easy on the nitro and think yeah let's 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 put at the nitro and just like this you for sure you're going to crash uh, that's the big problem with some people sometimes they're being too cocky then they slam themselves into a wall and it's all over way too soon yeah 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 and uh, I can say that the levels um, are, are really nothing is generated automatically so they are all done from yeah. scratch so that means that we have been able to to create very unique uh, progress from one level to another so it's important to know to know the level before to know the track in order to make the best times because you will know um, how is this curve uh, you will know how to pass this obstacle better and there are, there are also some splitways some shortcuts that you will have to discover and it also makes it more fair really because um, having that that not automatic generated progress there makes that the challenge is still ramps up but it is also really fair yeah yeah and it also make it also gives um how to say it gives endless possibilities for for score improvement and uh, i think that it's it's almost impossible to get you can get the best score that a robot could do right because you, you, and it's always possible that someone will be a little bit better than you and and, and beat you, uh, and beat your score for from one second or something like this. Se- seeing as you now made a sequel, were the things that you changed to like turn the round drift to make the the experience more enjoyable? Because it it has like you have it's quite a transition from going to like a DSi to like a 3DS. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, obviously, the the first thing is the the 3D effect, right? The stereoscopic effect. Yeah. So um, this was both a challenge to to develop for, uh, but it's also a big uh, big difference and a big advantage uh, compare com- when you compare RS Speed with the previous DSi titles, because mm. this uh, this combined with with much better graphics give really immersion and uh, the visual impression on this kind of game is really important of yes. course the gameplay is, is the most important the controls must be smooth but you can't uh, for this kind of game I think also that uh, the graphics and the, the visual effects and with the 3D effects are, are really crucial for the players to enjoy the game or not yes and the 3D effects also add like a lot of depth to that game because it, it makes it easier to like see upon turns. So I can imagine that's also quite a nice feature to have. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. And yeah, and uh, just maybe to to tell more about the difference between uh, these DSi titles and this um, this new 3DS title 
it's uh, like I said, um, the big difference is that you have full control on your plane on air speed. So yes. this 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 is the this this makes uh, the scoring system much more interesting, and um, and if you want. Also, I can tell you, for example, about the development time. That sure, Arispeed, yeah, Arispeed yeah. took around uh, ten months of development. Okay. And com and in comparison, Ares and Ares Tunnel required only eight months together, both titles. Oh wow! Okay. okay. So that's definitely a step up. So it, you took your time to like experience what the hardware was on offer, and then do what you the best you could. Yeah, yeah, until we were fully satisfied. Yes, absolutely. Uh, because I think that the game was originally supposed to come out in summer, but um, it was a little bit longer than that. It's now September, so I think you you took a decent decent time and then thought about what you could do, really. Yeah, that's right. It. Uh, yeah, that's right. We we are releasing now in September, and because we because we just wanted to to get exactly what we were expecting for, for. the game is, isn't multiplayer focused so it's also it's it's mostly just ab about your leaderboards and what you can do right yeah there's yeah. yeah exactly there is no game there is no multiplayer mode that that allows you to race directly against players yeah. but like you said there is leaderboard and this leaderboard is uh, is online right so it's shared with all competitors around the world, so so it's multiplayer in sense that you are comparing your score with other players. Yes, yes. But you are still flying solo in the level. Okay. And this uh, this leaderboard gives you also the possibility to to compare your score only with your friends. There is a special uh, special functionality that that you can just see only the friends that you have uh, registered on your console. So you can only see the people from your friends. Just that's that's kind of cool. Yeah, so um, you can you can decide if you want to see all players or just your friends. Is this is like worldwide, or is it also separated by region, or? It's uh, by region. Oh, okay, by region. Okay. Um, that's, that makes it for an interesting comparison between players, I guess. Um, so the player wants to be engaged for like a good number of hours. Um. So how long will it like take to see everything in like i i speed and how do you keep like people engaged for like a good number of hours? Um, so it it really depends on the players. Um, let's say the how how willing is the player to to beat the best cause and and to unlock all the things. But let's say that it's um, if you just want to complete all the levels. Uh, it probably will take you around three of between three and, and five hours. That's pretty good, yeah. And if you wanted to unlock all the achievements, because there is an achievement system uh, nice. con containing forty-two achievements, mm. yeah, some of them are really difficult to get, but some are more like uh, some are more funny. Just to tell you more a little bit about statistics. Of your of your gameplay and things like this, nice. but but this the gamers will see uh, when the game will be out. But anyway, to unlock all the achievements, I think that you need to play at least ten hours. So okay. it takes more than ten hours, I think, to to unlock all the achievements. And then, 
yeah, and, and then of course with the ranking leaderboards online, um, who knows how much, how much, how many hours someone can play to 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 if someone wants to be in the on the podiums of every levels of the eighteen <laughs> levels and want to keep the the to keep on the podium, he will have a lot of competition and he can spend really a lot of time. Who knows where it will bring us. <laughs> Yes, it 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 could take forever for some for some people to want to be forever on that leaderboard top. So it uh, depends on the player, really. Um, yeah. So the style of the game is also really really impressive, like these abstract environments. Um, did you take inspiration of any particular, or is it something that came up of your own design? Mm, well. This would be a question to our to our designers, rather, yes. but um, because I'm not in their head. <laughs> but I guess that um, I think that it's it's kind of own inspiration. Of course, we are all we are always uh, we get inspiration from everything around us, right? So it's, yeah, it's yeah. always there is always influence, anyway. But I couldn't say that it's really for sure. We didn't focus on one, on one um, source of inspiration. It's not. Uh, I couldn't say, for example, for we 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 found, we we looked at this uh, this thing, this book or this movie or this uh, this whatever. Yes. And uh, we decided to to get inspiration. No, no, there was not this kind of process. So it was more like uh, own creation, influenced by several things but um, anyway it looks it looks futuristic so it's definitely influenced by science fiction okay. and uh, yeah I think that I think that could be the main uh, the environment the atmosphere is is rather, is rather sci-fi definitely okay uh, fair enough I can't blame you for not knowing everything. I'm sorry that I put so much pressure on you. No, no, no problem. It's uh, it's fine just to to, to discuss. <laughs> no problem. Um, so this is a more of an interesting question. So, all the most of the titles before have been on DSiWare, and you, of course, you have a little bit of experience with publishing on Nintendo eShop with um, Too Fast for Gnomes. Um, how is the comparison between the two, really? Mm-hmm. Mm, I'm sorry, but I'm going to say again that I was not working for for the company when there were we when we were releasing for DSiWare. So once again, it's um, I didn't I didn't experience the transition myself yeah. because when I was working here, we were already releasing for eShop. But for sure, uh, the big difference is the the number of titles in yeah. the on the platform. And the 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 com the the competitive the competition is between between titles the con concurrency. So, so let me shape this question on different differently. Um, what are your personal experience with Nintendo eShop? Do you think it's a nice place to to work upon and publish your titles? Yeah, definitely. You know, we like to make we like to make games for handheld devices, <laughs> and we like to sell them digitally. So yeah. eShop is definitely is definitely great for us, and that's why we went to DSiWare at first, and yeah. the, the, then just switching to eShop was really natural. 
And now, the, as I said, the thing is that the eShop is really growing. So there are more and more very, very nice titles to download. And that's, uh, that's one thing that we need, to, we need to take into consideration because we know that a lot of other titles are nice and you need to, to make something special and original to, to appeal to the players. And and also the nice thing is that you can be featured like on that front page and like players will see your game. Yeah. So like the the option of discovery is way larger as well than like Nintendo DSiWare. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's true. It's true that the the promotional features are more more important. Yeah. So hopefully many people will see the title and give it a go. Definitely. Yeah. I yeah. hope so. That, that's that's the dream, really. Um, so, what does the future hold for the company? Are there other games you're currently working on, or have future plans for? Well, um, first of all, I can say that we we are we are willing to continue the Air Race series with, nice. with the sequel, uh, but of course, we now we are kind of holding back because we want to see how how Air Race Speed will do. Okay. Like we, you know, we want to see if Aries Speed is successful, how the players like it, and so on. But we are, if if it's going well, we are definitely willing to continue the series. I can't tell exactly how it will be, what it will be, but I can say that uh, we can, we 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 are really strongly thinking about about continuing the Aries series, and um, yeah. Is there anything else you are currently thinking about next to the Air Race, or it's currently that's your focus right now? Um, Air Race, we are developing now Air Race Speed uh, for Japan. Okay. Uh, but that's uh, yes, that's that's the next thing. Mm-hmm. And uh, otherwise, like I said, it's rather rather see how Air Race Speed does. Uh, of course, we are thinking about different projects in the company because we have 15 people, so. Um, so it's always um, our brains are always thinking about games, and we are always uh, always considering some projects. But nothing uh, now; it's nothing concrete, nothing to announce really. Fair more than this, more than telling you that we are thinking about continuing the series if if Airspeed does well. Um. So could you give like the final pitch for the title within a minute? Why should people be excited for Air Race Speed? Alright, so Air Race Speed, lots of speed, 18, 18 tracks uh, with two endless ones so that you can really push the limit. You can play two hours <laughs> on, on the same track without crashing if you are really good. Uh, leaderboard system online to, to, to push the scoring system. And um, I think very clever level design with with really nice graphics and immersive 3D effects. So all of this at high speed, and uh, and for a price of five, uh, well, four ninety nine dollars, four ninety nine euros, for forty for forty nine pounds. Yeah, t- you have ten seconds left. Well, that's pretty okay, well and it's the last. Uh, it's the third game of uh, of the series, so. The series was successful, so why not this one? <laughs> okay, that's still within the time. That's really well done. That's like the strongest pitches we had on the show. 
Um, so congratulations. Well, thank you, and uh, thank you very much for this interview. It was really nice, uh, really nice talking about the game. No, thank you so much for being on the show. Thank you. Thank you. Alright, now we'll do for episode 102 of Connectivity. As always, you can send us your listener mail to connectivity and nintendoworldreport.com. I should follow all of us on Twitter, go to Nintendo World Report, look for the Twitter sidebar on the right-hand side of the page, and you'll find all our usernames there. And I'll be sure to rate and review us on iTunes if you haven't done so. Now, stick around for a bonus segment all about the NFL with JP and Neil. NFL post segment here on Connectivity. I'm your host for this segment, Neil Ronahan, and with me is uh, JP Corbin. Hey, everybody. All right, so uh, what we're going to do here, uh, we're not going to go into the exhaustive extent that the RFN guys did, but we're going to go through each division, talk about the teams a little bit, tell you who we think are going to go to the playoffs, and then uh, go from there. Uh, if you like what you hear, uh, bother us, and maybe we'll do another one like a month into the season. And also, if you want something more in-depth than this, if you like the NFL and you haven't listened to the podcast Greg and John and, and James did, you should definitely do that, because it's really exhaustive. It's three hours long, and they go into everything. All right. Well, let's uh, let's hit the ground running. We're going to start off with the AFC East. Um, I have, uh, I guess, a little bit of explanation as well. Um, I have a cousin who does something where you pick every single game before the season even starts. So naturally, when I did this, I kept track of the win and loss records as I picked every single game in the season for this pool. Um, so I'm going off of that. And for the AFC East, I have the Dolphins winning that division. Seriously? Uh, with the Patriots. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think that's a little bit uh, biased because Joe Philbin is the head coach there, and he used to be the offensive coordinator of the Packers. Um, I mean, I think I think Tannehill has some potential. Oh, he certainly has potential. I mean, we're getting ahead of ourselves, but I mean, it's the same kind of situation my Browns are in, where it's like, you know, can he reach the potential is the question. Yeah. Yeah, I think the Dolphins, uh, I mean, I, I feel a little shaky with picking them to win the division, but but I think, uh, I mean, with the, the with the Bills and the Jets being as shitty as they are, I feel like those are some easy divisional wins, and I think the Patriots are going to fall off. I, I don't think the Bills are as shitty as you think they are. I think they've got a decent amount of talent and could surprise some people. Now, by no means am I saying they'll be in the playoffs, but they're not an easy win. Yeah. I mean, I think the quarterback situation is what gonna kill, what's going to kill the Bills, because I, I have a feeling Manuel is not going to last too long. Um, and then you're going to have Jeff Toole, who's an undrafted rookie. 
Um, and that, that doesn't look good for a, a young team. But you do, I mean, you know, uh, Manuel doesn't have to do all that much. When you got C.J. Spiller and then yeah. also Fred Jackson in that backfield, and, and they have, I think, an underrated defense. They've got a lot of guys on defense that, that are good. We'll see if they can come together. But, you know, I, I don't think they're going to be great, but I, I don't think they're as, as easy of a team to beat as, as some people do. But um, yeah. I, I'm picking the... And the, the Jets. P- oh, the Jets. No, the Jets are that bad. They're not worse. Yeah, I think I think the Jets are going to be the worst team in the league. Um, probably, maybe they'll crack four wins at best. Yeah, um, so for you in the AFC East, who do you think will win that, and I, will there be a wild card coming from this division? I think it's, I think it's New England. Uh, I would pick New England because they're kind of the safe pick. Uh, they got... So many weapons on offense. Now you got a lot of turnover there. You got new receivers, but you know Tom Brady. I'm I'm going to pick him until he convinces me that I shouldn't, because that that's just so until good of a he team. Breaks his leg again. Yeah. Well, if that happens, then they're screwed because I don't trust Ryan Mallett to <laughs> lead. Well, they still went the eleven and five that year behind what turned out to be a really shitty quarterback. So. Yeah. I mean, I guess Ryan Mallett could do that too, maybe. And I, you, <laughs> so you know, think I any, don't even any know. other any other playoff teams. I think Miami could, but I'm not picking them to. I mean, like Miami's a big question mark there. They they get a they're a team with a lot of potential, but yeah. I I'm not believing in them just yet. I would say, I mean, they are really in a similar position to to your Browns uh, as we move to the AFC North. Um, I mean, I I have the Browns when I did this this full season pick. I had them going six and ten, but it was one of those things where it was like. I I could have seen it being eight and eight as well. Um, I think I was just a little hard on them. Six and ten picking. seems to be the consensus. If you go out and look at like ESPN or whoever picking yeah. records, six and ten seems to be where a lot of people seem to be, and I I can definitely see that. But to me, where the Browns will finish pretty much completely depends on the performance of Brandon Whedon. Because I think they have a very yeah, good defense. because Richardson will be solid. As long as Richardson's healthy, he'll be solid. I hope so. Yeah, I hope he stays. Yeah, if he's if he's healthy, if he plays 16 games, he could lead the league in rushing. I wouldn't be that surprised. He's, especially with how yeah. much they're going to give the ball to him. I mean, you've got a yeah. good, solid group of receivers. It's just, can Brandon Whedon, you know, take a step? I mean, he doesn't have to be great. He just needs to not turn the ball over and make a few throws here and there and then hand the ball off to Trent Richardson. And they got a pretty solid defense, so I mean, yeah, yeah. The Browns yeah. and the Bills, I think, could both pull a uh, a Minnesota, where a, a you know a mild, a, basically an average team being elevated by a superb running back and a quarterback who doesn't fuck up. Yeah, yeah. It's Minnesota is the the blueprint here because Minnesota has a solid defense. They got a decent group of receivers. They've got you know probably at least everybody's consensus number one back in the league. I mean, so yeah, that's. The Browns can follow that mold, and I mean, especially in the AFC, where there really isn't that much strength there. I mean, the AFC is pretty weak. I, I could see them slipping in as a wild card. I, uh, it, you know, again, it's on Brandon Whedon. Yeah, see, I think they'll have a tough time with that because I think, uh, I think uh, Baltimore and Cincinnati are going to duke out for that division. I think Baltimore is going to. You know, I doubt Baltimore. I don't believe in Baltimore. They've lost a lot of pieces. But I, I think the AFC is so weak that they don't really need to be as good as they were last year to, you know, make the playoffs. Like, I, I don't think they're going to go deep in the playoffs this year. But I, I think I think their tickets, that like, they need to pay, play competent football, and I think they'll be in. And I think the Bengals could, 
could swoop in and, and steal this division because I think, I mean, they've got one of the best receivers in A.J. Green. They've got a really solid defense. And once again, they're a team where as long as Andy Dalton doesn't really fuck up, and I think he's got a little more upside than, than E.J. Manuel and Whedon, um, then I think they'll be in a really good spot. Well, you said steal, and I wouldn't characterize it as stealing because, to me, on paper, the Bengals are the best team in the division right now. I, I think they've got... Yeah. An, an I mean, un- they're just unheralded because they're, yeah. they're the team that quietly gets a wild card spot and then gets knocked out in the first round. I mean, it's like the Browns... I think they will win a playoff game ...are still year. a little while away. I mean, I think the Steelers are a mess. I really don't see the Steelers yeah. being good I know. at all. <laughs> I know you gave me shit for uh, my snap judgment in the uh, the Nintendo World Report forum thread about the NFL, where I was just like, oh, the Steelers will probably be a wild card team. And the more I thought about it and looked at that team, I think they're going to finish dead last in the AFC North. Um, just I, I didn't realize quite how much they lost, because uh, I think one one bad blow to Roethlisberger, and he's not even a great quarterback to begin with. He's a he's he's a pretty good quarterback, but there's no way he's playing 16 games. You look at his injury history; he hasn't played 16 games in years. So I and and their running back situation is kind of a mess, at least until Le'Veon Bell gets back. Their offensive line is really awful, and their defense has lost a lot of people and are and are getting pretty old. Even who is there? So I I, I don't see that. But yeah, I think. Well, Palomalu's still there, but Palomalu is a shell of his shell former self. Yeah, he exactly. Was. He's not what he used to be. He's just basically a bunch of hair glued together. Yeah. I mean, he's. I'm sure he's a Palomalu. good presence in that locker room, but he's not the player on the field he was a few years ago. Um, and I think the uh, moving to the AFC South, I think the Houston Texans are going to run away with this division, um, but not really be that impressive about it. They're going to beat up on the people in their division, finish like ten and ten and six or eleven and five. Because I think I think the Colts are I think the Colts will probably be like an eight and eight team, but I think they're gonna fall back to kind of mediocrity. They they really played above and beyond the like what how they should have finished last year. They won a lot of close games. The stat with the Colts was how many games they you know, law, they won in the fourth quarter. The games they won late and they, they, they had just they won like six or seven games that way, and the question is can they keep that up? Now I think I, I would still put the Colts in the playoffs as a wild card because uh, I, I think they have a lot of good pieces there. And, and you know, in, as weak as the AFC is, you know, I, I kind of have trouble seeing who's going to be good enough to get a wild card. And I don't think it's going to take all that much. Even if they are 8-8, eight and eight, I could see that being a wild card in the AFC this year. Yeah. And I think Jacksonville and Tennessee are, are two of the, I mean, they're not quite Jets bad, but I think they're going to be in the bottom tier of, of the league. Um, I think the Jaguars might. I think the Jaguars have a little more upside than the Titans because the Titans have a running back that's like just a cocky prick, kind but of past his prime. Whereas you know, the Jaguars he played well last year when he was playing. A lot of people are pretty high on on Chris Johnson right now. But again, it... yeah, I was gonna say, but Maurice Jones-Drew is in the same boat as well, where it's a uh, you know running backs that used to be very dominant and had either you know contract negotiations or injury troubles. But I just I, I think that. Like the wide receiving core in in Jacksonville with uh Cecil Shorts and Justin Blackman yeah, will be I mean, that's a solid group. Uh, improved and make Gabbert look better than he I is. Don't know. Yeah, I mean this is I um, mean this is the last shot for Gabbert. If he is not good this year, they're replacing him next year. So I think he's he's got a lot of pressure on him if he can deliver. Still, I mean they're they're the same thing with Locker too. Yeah, but I mean he wasn't. Yeah, I guess, yeah, I mean that's true. He wasn't. They were picked the same year, weren't they? Yeah, so I guess I think so. But I think I think uh what you might call it, Gabbert basically started right away, whereas uh I think Locker was kind of on the shelf for a year. 
But yeah, I, I would still pick Houston to win. Although I don't think, I don't think Houston is that good. I mean, they've got pieces, but I, Arian Foster, I don't think he's going to have a great year. He'll still be good. Yeah. Um, he, uh, in, in my fantasy draft, he fell to like I think the beginning of the second round almost. He was one of the last of like the big running backs taken, and I. Not that you know, my fantasy league tells everything, but I think it's a pretty good sign about like this is this is where the the, the kind of at least belief in this team is yeah, gone. I, mean, I think their defense is still solid. JJ Watt is yeah, amazing, well, but yeah. I just don't see. I, I feel like the Texans are kind of like that House of Cards team that will always put together a good regular season, but they're just not the kind of team that's going to win in the I playoffs. I wouldn't be shocked to see the Colts, you know, stun everyone and win that division because I think the Texans have it in them to just fall apart. But I, I, yeah. I still, and they have pretty much every yeah, year. Yeah, I mean, like the in the regular years. season, I'm saying, I, I think they could. Yeah, I, I, they're just, I, I can never look at them and say, well, yeah, that's a great team. I mean, yeah, they pissed away the first seed last year because they started off. I think they were, I know they were like the six and zero, oh, and I think at one point they were like ten or ten and one or something, and wound up going like eleven and five and falling to the third or fourth seed. Yeah, I mean, like that's that's the kind of team they are. I mean, I I you know Matt Schaub has shown that he can be good, but he's not always good and he's not consistent all the time. So I mean, yeah, I think that they are the best team in that division. But I wouldn't be surprised if Indianapolis you know shows up and and maybe steals it from them. Um, and then moving on to the AFC West, I think this is another division where basically it's it's Denver's division to lose. Um. I think Denver is going to be the class of the Yeah, AFC. I would say they're the most complete team in the AFC because I think they have an offense that's at least close to New England, and they have a much, much better defense than they do. Uh, yeah, I think this is a lock to me, especially you, know, you, you want to talk about bad teams. I think Oakland, you said the Jets, and I can buy into the Jets, but I think Oakland's going to be the worst team in the NFL this year. I, I just can't see them doing anything with the team they have. San Diego has some talent but i don't see them being that good kansas city well san diego's san diego's going into rebuild mode so i think they're a team that you know maybe that maybe they'll be seven and nine or something but i i feel like you know they're just not a team that looks like they're gunning to do well this year they're a team that's you know new coach new gm they're going to kind of you know put the pieces together over the couple years and then make their shot for it probably without philip rivers now i do think kansas city has a really good shot at a wild card I think they're 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 a, a solid team. I think that Kansas City. I mean, at least with uh, I mean, with my with my very uh, overzealous Miami Dolphins prediction, um, I, I think that KC, if they don't make the playoffs, they'll be like you know the seventh. They'll, they'll be the last team out. Um, I think they're going to put together a good season once again, like Miami, partially because Oakland and San Diego are mostly garbage. Yeah. Um, Though I would put both Oakland and San Diego. Below the Bills, so I I think if you want to look at uh, uh in terms of schedule, yeah. I would I would say Miami has the tougher road in the division, but not by all that much. Definitely, yep. All right, so let's move over to the NFC. Um, in the NFC East, uh, I think this is going to be a tight race. That uh, I think the Redskins will come out on top. Yeah, of I would say I I think it's going to be tight, but I don't think any of the teams in that division are going to be that good. I mean, it's going to be competitive, but yeah. I think it'll be it'll be a three way race and probably come down to the last week. It'll be you know Cowboys, Redskins, and Giants all in the mix, with maybe the Eagles putting together a good first half of the season and then probably getting nagged by some injuries, some growing pains. I mean, I, Chip Kelly's system is intriguing, but I don't know if he can pull it off, especially in his first year. Um, 
I don't know. I would. I. I feel like the 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 Eagles have the making of a team that's going to start off like you know four and one, and then wind up being like six and ten. Yeah, it could be Bethley with that offense. I mean, until somebody figures out how to stop that offense. I mean, I could see that happening. Um, I I would pick Washington to win the division, um, and that I guess is contingent on RG three being healthy. If RG, yeah. I mean, I think I think Kirk Cousins he's a he's a competent backup, but even he's got some injury troubles. I feel like I feel like if RG three gets hurt, they go from being you know a a team with really well off playoff aspirations to a team that's going to have to you know, catch a break with the Giants and the Cowboys blowing a game but I mean, I think that could certainly happen. I think if Kirk Cousins has to play a few games, I think they're still winnable games with him at the helm. And I don't think the Giants or the Cowboys are that good. I mean, the Cowboys, maybe they could do something, but I, I really don't see them. They'll, they'll find a way to fuck it up. Like they, they always, always do. do. Yeah. And the Giants, I feel like they're on the decline. They, they, you know, cast off a lot of players in the off season. Um, now that I'm saying that, they'll probably win the fucking Super Bowl and beat the Packers. Yeah, everybody again. was saying exactly um, that both times they won the Super Bowl going into the season. Yeah. Yep. Well, I still remember uh, <laughs> when they won that first Super Bowl and uh, like what or the the one against the Patriots, uh, 07 or 08. I went to a Packers Giants game during Week Two uh, in in uh, well New Jersey, and that's. After the Packers beat the Giants that week, the Giants were 0-2, and I remember hearing all the Giants fans in the way, being like, the season's fucking done, and then they won the Super Bowl. I mean, they barely made the playoffs both of those times, but yeah, they, they, they're that kind of team. I don't know what they do, but I, you know, they could do it. All right, now we get to uh, my, my beloved Packers division, the NFC North. Um, I don't think I'm being that much of a homer when I say that I think the Packers are going to win the NFC I think North. I would I would agree with that, but I could see either the Bears or the Lions getting a wild card. Yeah, I think I think the Vikings are going to be last in that division. I don't think they'll be terrible. Like probably a six and I think ten. They could be six and ten, seven um, and nine. I think I think like top to bottom, the NFC North is the best division in the NFL right now. Because, you know, I. I think the Lions bounce back. I mean, they had a really bad year last year, but they've got all the talent that they have, and I I could see them in the playoffs. And I like the Bears. I mean, I, I like what they're doing. I, I think, you know, I've always kind of believed in Jake Cutler more than a lot of people do, and he's got Brandon Marshall, and he's he's got Matt Forte, and you got a new head coach with a focus on offense. And then, uh, what is it, Alshon Jeffrey? Yes, still Jeffrey's there, still the, there. The I mean, rookie like, wide receiver from they last got, year. They got all that, and they have, a, yeah, like I said, a new head coach who's more of an offensive guy than who's replacing Lovey Smith. And, you know... See, the, the one... The one thing that I worry about about the Bears, and this is, you know, I mean, I, I might be a Packer fan, but I do follow the entire division pretty closely. Um, I think the Lions are the kind of team, just as a quick aside, I think they're the kind of team that's going to put together a respectable season and might sneak into the playoffs, but I I don't think they're they're ready to make that next step. And I, and I think they're, I mean, they're undisciplined to an extent. You look at, you look, you look at Jim Schwartz and it all goes down from there, whereas... You know, Harbaugh on the Niners is another really kind of, I guess, like, aggressive, assholeish coach. But he wins. He puts up but the wins. obviously what Harbaugh's doing is working. With Schwartz, it doesn't seem well, to be Well, a couple years ago, Detroit was in the playoffs. I mean, like, this is a team that's still got most of the same people. I like the Reggie Bush pickup. I think he's going to really fit into that system, that offense. And, you know, you got Calvin Johnson, who's the best receiver in the game. Matt Stafford can, has got a cannon to throw it to him. I, I could definitely see them in it, but they're, like, Five or six teams in the NFC, I could see in, in, in as wild card potential. I mean, like, there's, the NFC is pretty deep. And then, 
I think the Lions are going to get second place in the North and probably be the uh, the last team out. Um, not make the wild card, but you know, be be right in. Uh, you know, the, the other two wild card spots. And I think the Bears. The thing with them is that I think their defense is going to take the, a big that's nose That's the thing. Dive, I, think I think that's going to their offense is going to be a lot better, but the defense is going to not be as good. So. Yeah, and I think that's gonna. I think they'll they'll pull a seven and nine, eight and eight season. Um, you know, probably maybe maybe have a good run now and then, be at a point where they're threatening for a playoff spot and then kind of taper out. But my thing is that I think that I mean one disagreement between Cutler and uh, and Trussman and and then I think the whole offense is going to collapse because I mean yeah that could I happen. Mean, yeah, this is coming from a Packer fan, but Cutler has shown you know he he's the kind of guy that. We'll go along with it as long as he's happy with it. And the moment that you know a coach kind of gives him a little shit, he'll he'll throw a little hissy fit. But I mean, um, Cutler's. I mean, look at last year where Cutler's got no excuse now with the weapons. He was so excited for Brandon Marshall to came back, and then he promptly threw it to him like fifty percent of the fucking time. And then eventually, people just started covering Brandon Marshall, and guess what? It didn't work anymore. Yeah. And I mean, I think Elshon Jeffries definitely a nice number two receiver there. And Forte, you can throw to Forte out of the backfield. He's good for that. I mean, I. Yeah. Forte's a great running he is. back. I was upset that I didn't get um, to get him in fantasy. But, <laughs> see, I think I had him one year, but I, I usually steer clear of a uh, of division yeah. rivals. Although yeah, I did I wind up too. with uh, with Brandon Pettigrew on the Lions in, in fantasy this year. I think I managed to not get any division rivals in either of my fantasy leagues, so I'm happy. <laughs> Let's move into the NFC South, where. I think it's going to be the Falcons and the Saints duking it out for first place with second place making yeah, it to I would the playoffs. Say, I, would, I would team. pick the, the Falcons to win it, but I think the Saints will get a wild card. And, um, it, the Falcons are just, like, on paper, such a great team. You know, you've, you've got yeah, so many pieces. I think they're going to dip a little bit from last year, but still good. Well, I mean, I think Steven Jackson is a good signing. I mean, he's, he's 30, so you never know what you're going to get at this point, but... I like him better than I ever liked Michael Turner. So I think they, they improve at the running game. You still have, I would say, the best one-two punch at receiver in the league in Roddy White and oh, Julio God, Jones. Oh, God, that's so good. And you got Tony Gonzalez coming back for one more year. So And yeah. Matt Ryan, I think, is underrated as a quarterback. I think he's really good. Uh, so I'm, I, 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 to me, I think they're the most – the, the, on paper, the best team, or at least the best offense in the NFC, if not anywhere. I, I think they have such a great offense with all those pieces. Uh, defense, they've lost some some guys, so I don't know what they're going to be, but I, I think they're still dangerous. And then New Orleans, you got Drew Brees, you got all of them. Sean Payton's back. I mean, this is... I, I th- Their defense is going to be a disaster, though. That's That's the one worry with the Saints, and they've had more injuries pile up. I mean, I think... I, I still think it'll be the Falcons and the Saints competing for that division, but I think come playoff time, I think the Saints will be, you know, one and done, and I think the Falcons, you know, have a chance to, you know, run the table and go to the Super Bowl. I mean, of course, of course, I will pick the Packers to win, but I think the Falcons are are a good number two, and that also happens because I hate the Seahawks and the Niners <laughs> right now. Even hating them, I don't know how you can deny that they're great, great teams. Yeah. Um, but we'll get to that soon. Uh, first, let's let's wrap up the rest of the NFC South. I think the I think the Buccaneers are. Uh, I think Josh Freeman sucks. Yeah, he's. And I not think that team good. depends on him. And I think the Buccaneers will be, if not the worst, one of the worst teams in the NFC. Probably up there. Well, the with... NFC is so good. I mean, yeah, I, you know, 
and and Carolina, I don't know, you know, they, you got Cam Newton, so that's certainly a, a nice weapon to have in your in your in your stock there. But you know, apart from him, I don't know what you have. Uh, you, Steve Smith is aging and not what he used to be. I don't know. They got a kind of a mess at running back, so I, you know, Cam Newton can only take him so far. Yeah, I think Stewart or D'Angelo Williams is out for the year they, or two. They, or they also like lost their offensive coordinator in the off season to Mike Browns. He's now the head coach of Mike yep. Browns. <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't um, see them being. A I mean, I think the Panthers. The Panthers are a team that, in one reality, I think they make the playoffs. But I think that 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 reality does not have a high probability of happening. I think they'll be a team that shows improvement. They they certainly got a better shot than a lot of teams do, but I, I still don't see it happening. Um, so let's move on to the NFC West. That I mean, I think this is this is a pretty easy thing to predict. I think it'll be the Niners and the Seahawks, probably with the two best records in the NFC, duking it out for the division with the uh, the losing team being uh, the five seed in the wild card. Yeah, I, I think they're um, both. I they might be the two best teams in the NFC, if not in all of football. I mean, they're really really good yeah. teams. Um, they have gotten beaten up by injuries a little bit, which I think exposes them slightly. I think the fact that the Seahawks already have Harvin injured, yeah, um, and even the Niners, I think Crabtree's out. The Niners have more depth at receiver than like than the Seahawks do, though. I mean, I like Golden Tate. Well, in I also Seattle, think the but... Niners are less dependent on Crabtree, and and I think the Seahawks were, I mean, expecting to be very dependent on Harvin because Harvin is Harvin is a playmaker. He's a great yeah. player. I've known. I think that he's going to be back at some point, isn't he? Suit up on the Vikings. He always has migraines and yeah, shit, um, but he might be back at some point. But he is the kind of guy that he might be back for a couple games and then be out again. He's 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 brittle. But you got Marshawn Lynch and you got that defense and you got that home field advantage. Seriously, I think if Seattle wins that division and gets home field throughout the NFC, I think they go to the Super Bowl because I don't think anyone can go in there and beat them. I I that's just such an advantage. But speaking of beating them, I think I I don't think people should sleep on St. Louis because I think they've got a, a pretty solid defense and they they uh what they only lost one game in the they, division yeah last they, year. Weren't, they, they weren't they went like four yeah, one one they did they they had a great record in the division didn't do so hot outside the division but that's you know again it's it's quarterback it's can Stan, sam bradford be what he was in his rookie season because his rookie season he was pretty good he hasn't been the same since he yeah. got i mean i think the one thing that's going to hurt the rams is that I don't think Bradford really is that good of a quarterback. And I think what helped him out a lot was Danny Amendola. And unfortunately, Amendola is on the Patriots now. And I don't know if Tavon Austin is going to be the right fit. Because Amendola is, you know, that, that Wes Welker type. Um, and, I, and I think Tavon Austin is going to be a great receiver. But I don't know how, how much he's going to elevate that team. I think I think Bradford's got a good amount of talent. And I think he has it in him to improve and be good again, but I I don't necessarily see it. Like I said, that defense is underrated. That's a defense that nobody really talks about, but they're pretty darn good. And, you know, you got questions at running back because you don't have Steven Jackson. Um, I don't remember the guy's name they have, but I do own him in one of my fantasy teams. Daryl Richardson. Yes, I have him in one of my teams. But and then I think Isaiah Pede. I, I had Steven Jackson last year, so I had some handcuffs because that dude was hurt. And and Arizona, I don't think Arizona is going to be that bad. I think they're going to be bad within the division and the NFC. But I think Carson Palmer's not great, but he's certainly an improvement over. I who think they they'll had be a competitive year. team. Yeah, I you know I I see them as a team that I don't I don't really I don't I don't see them as a playoff team at all. But I think they're a team that can steal some games in that division. 
Yeah, they're they're. I'd say they're comparable to the Chiefs because the Chiefs and the Cardinals both had fucking terrible quarterback play last year, and they're they're upgrading to mediocre, maybe a little better than mediocre quarterback play, and I think that'll help out both teams. Also, the Cardinals still have Larry Fitzgerald. And also, uh, Michael Floyd, who's their number two receiver, who, as you know, my sister went to Notre Dame, I saw a lot of him play, and uh, he's pretty darn good himself. That offensive line is improved. I mean, that offense is going to be a lot better this year than it was last year, and their defense last year was really good. So, I mean, that's a team, again, I don't see them in the playoffs or anything, but I think they'll they'll be a tough team to beat, you know, who's still going to lose 10 games, probably. Well, all right. I think that just about does it. Um, but I guess uh, before the season starts, we're recording this the, the night before the season starts. Um, who are your AFC championship teams? Uh, as in, like, the two teams in, in the AFC championship. And who are your teams in the NFC championship, if you just had to predict right now well i think in the afc it's easy because i think denver and new england are head and shoulders above everybody else in that conference i think they're both that they get a bye the first week and i think they they meet up in the in the title game i think i think uh denver denver is pretty much my my pick for the super bowl in the afc um, I think it'll be Denver and Cincinnati in the AFC championship. I, you know, I don't like Cincinnati that much. I, I, you know, I think they've got so much firepower. You can plug just about anybody into that offense with with Belichick and Brady, and you can make them do great things. I, I really think, I, I, I don't see anyone as better than them. I agree that they're not quite what they used to be, but I don't see anyone else better than him in the AFC. Yeah, and then uh, the NFC for me. Um, I think the Packers will make it to the NFC Championship game, and I think they will they will face off against the Seahawks, and I will probably shit my pants at least three times during that game. Yeah, I mean that's that's. And I'm not sure. Picks. I think that really depends on whoever has home field um, will win that game. That's what I'm, I mean. I said this earlier in, in the in the little segment here that if Seattle gets home field, if they get first seed in the NFC, which would be tough to do playing in that division, but if they do. I see them in the Super Bowl. I mean, like, I that's such a powerful home field advantage that they have there at CenturyLink, and you know, I, I, you know, I, I think, I, I think Green Bay's as solid a choice as anybody to face them. Uh, I, I could see San Francisco in there too, which would be a heck of a game to have that decide the Super Bowl. Yeah. Um, I could see the Falcons sneaking in there too. You know, with as talented as the NFC is, and Atlanta having a history of folding under pressure, giving games away, <laughs> I, I, I don't see them go advancing that far this year. And in New Orleans, like, like uh, we said, their defense isn't going to last a lot against a lot of these teams. And whoever wins the East, I don't see being a factor at all. I mean, I think whoever wins the East is a four seed and loses to whoever didn't win the West in the first yeah, round. Seattle or San Fran. Yep. All right. Well, I think that just about does it for this NFL segment. Once again, uh, let us know what you think, and maybe we'll do more of these throughout the yes. season. Uh, thanks for listening. See ya.